Good morning. The second Bible reading is from Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1 to 16. You can find it in some of the Pew Bibles, page 1226. Ephesians chapter 4. As a prisoner for the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. But to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. This is why it says, when he ascended on high, he led captives in his train and gave gifts to men. What does he ascended mean, except that he also descended? to the lower earthly regions. He who descended is the very one who ascended higher than all the heavens in order to fill the whole universe. It was he who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, and some to be pastors and teachers to prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants, tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning of craftiness of men in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will in all things grow up into him who is the head that is Christ. From him the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love, as each part does its work. This is God's word. Well, good morning, friends. We have been, as a church, working through the series on the church, God's purpose and design. Now, if you recall, on our first week, we considered the church God calls. And the church God calls is the church God loves. And then last week we considered the church God unites. Now it was wonderful last week, wasn't it, just to consider the diversity we have in our church amongst our people, in our family. Now last week I, I counted, uh, did a rough count, and I thought there were only 23 different cultures. But then I was told at the door, I forgot the Americans. So then that increases. And in the evening we have Mongolians as well and also an Armenian. So it brings us up to 26 different cultures represented in our church. Isn't that wonderful? So much diversity, but yet unity in Christ. Now, our topic for this morning is the church God equips. The church God equips. Now, how are we meant to understand coming to church? How do you understand coming to church? Or should it be more accurately... How do we become the church each week as we meet? Remember, the word church it does not speak of a building, a physical building, but it speaks of the gathering of the people of God, around God. That is who we are. That is what we become each week. And so, how do we become the church each week? Or how do you come to church? Well, there are all sorts of different ideas in how people approach church each week, how they come, what they think, what they expect. Now, some people come along to church thinking that it's a bit like going to a theatre or a performance. I've booked my tickets, I've got my seat, and it is my seat, the one I always sit in each week. I come, I watch the performance... 
I pay my fee and then I leave. In fact, you pay first, don't you? But it works differently at church. Or do people see coming to church like boarding a bus? I jump on. Something happens out front. There's a drive out there. He's taking me somewhere, but I'm just sitting, relaxing, looking out the windows. In fact, you can't really see much outside these windows. Uh, I might be just gazing around, seeing if I can see any scenery, looking up on the ceiling, counting the planks of wooden boards up there. I wonder if anyone's done that. 1,028. <laughs> no, I just made that up. It's not true. I've never counted. I'm always focused. Or if I'm on the bus, I might even, in the back seat, take a nap. No one will see. And when the benediction comes, I'm awake and it's time to go home. Or some people might attend church like it's going to an Old Testament temple. I come. I do my religious duties, my rituals for the week. It is about me and God. I listen, I sing, I pray, and then I go. Now what happens if I understand church as a performance, going to a theatre? Well, what happens is, if the performance is no good, then I'm off to another church. I'll find one that performs better. Now what happens if I see church like boarding a bus? Or if the ride is a bit bumpy, the driver's turning a bit too quickly, takes too long to get to the destination, the sermon goes too long, I'll change transport, I'll catch the train next time. It's like changing my provider. If, if my service is no good, I'll either complain or I'll take another route. I'll find a better one that satisfies me. Well, what happens if we see church like a pilgrimage each Sunday to the temple? Well, what happens is then my focus is just between me and God. I can really ignore all those around me. I don't even have to know their names, those sitting next to me. And once I feel good about my religious duties, it is done, and then I leave. Now, you see a problem with all those ways of seeing the church. Now, of course, we can just look at that, we can point our finger at it, and we can laugh at it. But I wonder whether there's any truth in that amongst us. I wonder whether we use those words or not. I wonder whether that is how we feel about church. What do you think? Just think about this morning when you woke up. It is Sunday. What's going through your mind? It's the day where the gathering of the people of God would get together before God under his word. Performance, bus, or temple? Why did you come today? Why do you come this morning? Well, hopefully it's not because you see church as merely a service provider. But more than that, far more than that, that church itself is a place, a people, where you provide your service. For our topic today is the church God equips. And so do have your Bibles open and we'll be working through this wonderful passage in Ephesians 4 that speaks of how we are to be as the people, as the church of Christ. Now the first thing Paul reminds us of here is that we are one body. The church is not a theatre, nor a temple, a physical temple, nor a bus. But we are one harmonious body. 
It's not like going to the theatre where I'm a consumer. It's not like boarding a bus where I'm just a passenger. Nor is it going to the temple where I'm a pilgrim, but a body, an organic body, a rich, dynamic body. You see, that's the picture of the church, which we see in our first reading in 1 Corinthians 12 and also here in Ephesians 4. One organic body with many different parts and many different functions. And so some of us are the hands, some of us are the legs, some of us are the head. In fact, Christ is the head, in fact, none of us are the head. But some of us are the kneecaps, fingernails, that's also important. I'm perhaps the fingernail amongst our church. But we are all needed. Different parts, all equipped for a function that builds the body. In fact, Paul would even say here that this is what it means for Christians to live a life worthy of God. If you want to live a life that is worthy of God, that would please the heart of God, you have to understand this. And this is what we have been called to. This is our calling. Look at verse 1. As a prisoner for the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Now that language there should remind us of Ephesians chapter 1 and our first talk, the church God calls. You see, it's worth noting that in Scripture, when the word calling is used, it's not used the way we often use it today as Christians. Often we speak of God calling calling me to a vacation or a career or to a job or to a course. But it's not how Scripture uses the word calling. You see, you never hear the Apostle Paul speak of God calling him to be a tent maker, though he speaks about God calling him as an apostle, but not as a, a tent maker. You see, in Scripture, the calling of God is not to a vacation or to a job. It is always to something far more important than that, and that is to salvation. It is to godliness. You are in darkness. Remember the language of Ephesians. You are in darkness, but you've been caught to the light. You were dead in sins and transgressions, but you have been given life. You have been called to live a life worthy of God. The calling of God is to salvation and godliness. And what does that look like? It is about our character. It is about our unity in the spirit. It is about how we relate to one another as the church, as the body. And so you see that verse 2. Have a look. Be completely humble, which means not sometimes, but completely, all the time, every time, never proud and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Now what do you think that suggests, that last command there? to bear with one another in love. Well, what it suggests is that to love in the church will sometimes be difficult, and we have to bear with one another. I remember a kid's talk a few years ago where they made little porcupines, a foam ball with toothpicks, and it was used to describe what the church sometimes feels like. When porcupines get too close, they prick each other. And it makes sense of this verse. It is why as Christians we must bear with one another in love. And that is our calling. That is to live a life worthy of God. And we see now, not just make some effort towards that. Look at verse 3. Make every effort. 
And if someone's pricking you at the moment, make every effort. If you're a little bit annoyed at the moment, make every effort. If you're harboring something, make every effort, and what do we read? To keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. That is our calling. That is to live a life worthy of God. And so those who actively divide the church of Christ are not keeping in step with the Spirit. In fact, in 1 Corinthians, we even read, those who try to destroy the church of Christ, Jesus will destroy that person. You see, the church is meant to be one harmonious body, different but united. And why? Look now at verses 4 to 6. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were caught to one hope when you were caught, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. And so you see, going to church or becoming the church is not going to the theatres. It's not boarding a bus, nor is it a pilgrimage. It is becoming one harmonious body, 